the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 25 through 34, and read it in the King James Version. Whatever version you have, you can read along with us. Amen. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought of raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. Yet I say unto you, that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which to this day is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow will take thought of the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. <clears throat> Lord, please bring a word for your people. Allow me not to try to imitate or duplicate that of 8 o'clock, but bring a word for your 11 o'clock people. We thank you, God, for your grace and your mercies, for they continue to endure every day and afresh every morning. Bring a word, Lord, for your people. Amen. As you take your seat, I want to speak to you from the subject, Kingdom First. Kingdom First. In the text, the point is clear and striking. A person's life and body are more value, are more value, much more value than the food he eats or the clothes he or she puts on. Why then must a person allow these things, secondary things, to consume and dominate his or her life? So many are controlled by the necessities and luxuries, the material things of the world, a person can eat and wear only so much at one time. Enough is enough. More than enough is too much. Too much means that a person is being is consumed upon his or her lust. Do not worry. Uh, only think about your life and body and learn to trust God for food and clothing. The point is simple and clear. Life means more than just things, even more than food and clothing. Luke 12, 15 says it this way, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consists not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. Look at this. Materialism or worldliness and possessions can enslave a person to such a degree that it dominates his life. In order to get and possess more, spouses argue, men steal, employees crave, employers hoard, children pout, and nations war. Life, living and enjoying what God has given, is ignored and neglected in order to get and possess more and more. 
The basic problem of man is setting priorities and determining what is to be first in his life. The first priority of every man should be to take care of his life eternally. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not, not life now. What should a man be concerned about a few short years when he has an opportunity to sustain life forever? Why seek the things that only sustain and adorn his physical body for a brief period of time? See, see, if, if you live for 90, 120 years, that's still brief. Because forever is forever. You feel me? See, I, I, see I'd, rather, I'd rather be broke on earth for 120 years, come on somebody, and spend eternity in heaven than to be rich here and spend eternity in hell. See, y'all, y'all missing the point. And some of us sell our souls out for positions and sell our souls out for material wealth and trying to look good for somebody when you're not going to be here forever. Come on, somebody. John said that this way, in my father's house, there are many mansions. If it was not true, I would have told you. So, you know what? I'd rather have a little shack here on earth and a mansion in heaven. Oh, come on, somebody. I, I, I know it ain't no hating going on in heaven, but, but if I got to look at your house being bigger than mine for 90, 100 years, I, 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 I'd, rather, I'd rather be jealous of you here, come on, somebody, than jealous of you in heaven for eternity. And so that's why you got to learn how to stack up treasures in heaven. Worry about people's souls. Worry about spreading the gospel. Worry about the people in Haiti. Worry about the people in New Orleans. Worry about somebody so you can be able to show God that you care about something more than yourself. When you learn how to seek ye first the kingdom of God, he said he will add all these things. Anyway, a man will do anything to save his body if it's threatened. Look at this. But this is why I got to ask a question. You, remember your first, your first goal in life is self-preservation? So you're going to always try to protect yourself. If something's about to fall, you're going to try to block it to save yourself. You do know that, right? So, so why does man allow himself to be enslaved with possessions? See, sometimes when people don't have possessions and they want them so bad, they become miserable. Some people get migraine headaches, get sick physically, have heart attacks, high blood pressure, hypertension, uh, uh, um, get to the point where because they want stuff so much, it physically makes them sick. Why does a man allow himself to become enslaved with possession and neglects his eternal life? Seeks and pursues things after thing, ignoring and neglecting God, failing to lay hold to eternal life. See, do not worry about food and shelter. God gives food and shelter to the birds of the air. Come on, somebody. You use your eyes and learn thoroughly. Learn from what you see around you. The providence of God takes care of the birds. Learn that God will likewise take care of the believer. Let me tell you two points before I get into this sermon real good. The believer is better than birds. You do know you're better than birds, right? All right, man and woman are higher beings, right? Much higher level of creation than animals. He is more, and we are more noble and excellent and a spiritual being made in the image of God and capable of having a personal relationship with God, right? See, I think some of us got confused when we were young because they say all dogs go to heaven. They might go to heaven, but they don't know where they are, right? They don't have a relationship with God. They don't know who God is. Right? But God take care of dogs, cats, rats, roaches. I know some of y'all call them things in your house water bugs. It's a roach. And if God can take care of the roach, come on, somebody. It ain't funny though they call it water bug, but if you flush it down the toilet, it drowns. It ain't a water bug. It's a roach, okay? 
But the believer is a child of God. God is the creator of birds, but he's the father of believers. Look at this, Romans 8, 15 and 16. It says, for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children. We are children of God. The believer is an heir of God. He is to receive all that God possesses in the glorious day of redemption. Let's look at Romans 8, 16 and 17. We're going to overlap. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Look, so if you suffer with God here on this short time in earth, God is going to make sure that you reign in heaven. Look at this. Look at this. Four things can be said about a person who is preoccupied with material things. One, he's covetous. Look at Hebrews 3 and 5, 13, 5. Let your conversation behavior be without covetedness and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Two, he's not as wise as birds. <laughs> Look at him. Dude, that, that's God. That ain't me. Let me just read it so you won't think it's Maxwell. Jeremiah 8, 7 says, Yea, the stork in heaven knoweth her appointed times. And the turtle and the crane and the swallow observe the time of their coming, but my people know not the judgment of the Lord. He's saying, if you worried about tomorrow, if you worried that I won't take care of you, you dumber than a bird. Maxwell didn't say that. Jeremiah said it in 8 and 7. Jeremiah 8 and 7 said it. Maxwell didn't say this. God said, if you think that if I take care of the birds that I won't take care of you, you dumb. Y'all missing it. If I take care of the birds and the bees, how will I not take care of you who I created with my own hands? I spoke the animal into existence. I spoke the roach into existence. I spoke the dog. But when it came to you, I stooped out of glory, stepped out of time and space, and formed you with my own hand, grabbed the clay, and blew the ruach, the spirit of me, into you. I took so much time into you that I had to rest after I made you. But you worry where your next meal will come from. You worry that I'm not going to sustain you. Man does not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Father. I don't care about your connections. I don't care about your political affiliation. I don't care about your frat or your sorority. I don't care about your yacht club. I don't care about your Greek club. I don't care what you connected to because at the end of the day, when I get ready to bless you, it don't matter if every connection had left you even if your mother and father forsake you I shall be right there with you I need you to stop worrying if the I know they got that show are you smarter than a fifth grader but are you smarter than a bird are you smarter than a bird a bird brain ain't but so big forget a fifth grader are you smarter than a bird uh, apparently, some of us are not because we worried about where our next paycheck coming from. We worried about where our next meal come from. God said, if I take care of the lilies of the field, will I not take care of you? But the coronavirus 
It doesn't matter. God is the author and finisher. He's the one that gives you the power to obtain wealth. He's the one that said, I wish of all things that you be prosperous and in good health even as your soul prosper. He's the one that said, I will not withhold any good and perfect gift from you. It says, number three, though, he's a backslider who has forgotten that Christ, what Christ said. Look at the, the end of Hebrews 13 and 5. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Number four, apparently he's not seeking first the kingdom of God. Do not worry. Watch the fowls of the air and learn. Trust God for shelter and food. God knows the needs of his followers. He says, I know all the fowls of the mountains. God says it in Psalm 50, 11, Job 38, 41, and Psalms 140, 79. He look at here in, in Matthew 10, 29 through 31. A sparrow shall not fall on the ground without your father. But the very hairs of your head are numbered. Fear not, therefore, ye are of more value than the sparrows. He said, the bird in the tree won't fall out without me noticing it. And if you falling, will I not catch you? Will I not know what's going on? Ah, Y'all don't hear me. All things happen for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. And if God knows when the sparrow falls out of a tree, how will he not know what's going on in your life? Why do you worry, you silly Christian, you? Why do you worry if you're a child of God? If he's the author and finisher, if he's the alpha and the omega, if he's the beginning and the end, and if he said he will begin a good work and you shall finish it, what in the world are you worried about? You keep on quoting scriptures. Yea, though I walk to the valley, shadow down. I can feel no evil, but you still worry. Coronavirus got you shook. Republican Democrats got you shook. But you're supposed to stand on the foundation of God. God said, you dumb and on a bird if you think I won't take care of you. Ooh, God knows all this stuff. Are you not more valuable than a sparrow? You sing his eyes on a sparrow, maybe you need to start seeing his eye on you. His eyes on a sparrow, but he know he watches me. Maybe you just need to say you the whole time, because some of y'all missed the whole point of the song. Shoot. Woo. He'll shelter you. He's not going to let you starve. He says, do not worry about your stature. Verse 27, for worry is pointless. The word statue comes from the Greek word hilakion, which means height, quality, or status gained by growth, and sometimes it means age. The word cubic comes from the, the Greek word uh, pichos, which means literally means measure of space or distance. It's approximately 18 inches, but it can also mean a measure of time and age. Therefore, the verse can read either who can add one cubit to his stature or one minute to his lifespan. Can you? So worry is senseless. If you can't add a day to your life, if you short and you see this tall girl you want, you ain't going to grow. <laughs> you got to step your game up because your height ain't. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? 
You can't, no matter how much you worry, you're not going to add nothing to your height. If it's your time to die, you can't add a second to your lifespan. So what you worried about? All of our bodies are not perfect. The world is corruptible and imperfect, but there is a hope and glorious hope, a hope that acknowledges that God loves and cares and promises a new heaven and a new earth. So even if something wrong with you now, you don't have to be here forever. One day when you are, 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 are close your eyes and never open your eyes again, come on somebody, and you end up in heaven, you're going to have a new body. Remember what John said? In my father's house, there are many men. I'm not trying to take it to the good by and by. I'm not trying to tell you, you going up yonder right now but I'm trying to tell you the reason why some of us worry about keeping our position the reason why people are, we allow people to manipulate us is because we keep thinking about the world and not heaven See, the reason why people can't manipulate me and say, well, you the president, you should say this, or you this job, and you should say this, is because I know that I'm not really working for here. I'm working to stack up my crowns in heaven. You hear me? Now, I want to be blessed here because I'm the type of dude that said God came to give me life and to give me more abundantly, but I'm not going to chase the abundant life before I chase God. In fact, somebody asked me, how am I going to be, become a millionaire? I'll become a millionaire because I seek ye first the kingdom of God and he will add all these things unto me. Oh, I was depressed because I was thinking, oh, my mentors, and I was thinking, oh, they're going to always help me go here and there. And then they kept asking me to do something that did not go with my Christian principles. And I was frustrated. And you thought I was frustrated for a long time, but I wasn't. People were texting me at 4 and 5 in the morning on Sunday morning, disrespecting the office of pastor to try to tell me some worldly stuff. It wasn't a long time. It had just happened. And I was depressed for a second, a moment. I ain't say depressed. I was upset. I was thrown off. I was disappointed. I was saddened because I thought that these were godly people, but I realized they weren't. But I didn't cry for long. In fact, I didn't cry at all because I understood that I got to look toward the hill from which cometh my help because my help is not from man or woman. My help is from God. And I will never sell my soul for a position because God has my Some of y'all selling y'all soul to be on the board of education. Selling your soul to be on city council. Selling your soul to be president of an organization. If it ain't helping me get to heaven, I don't want it. But see, you got to be careful because you can't leave your position just because you get pressure because God does not rule the world. I told you that before. God rules the church and the church is supposed to rule the world. Ah, uh, y'all don't hear me. So he needs some Holy Ghost filled politicians. He needs some Holy Ghost filled lawyers. He needs some Holy Ghost filled government officials. He needs some Holy Ghost filled police chiefs. He needs his people. He wants to be, he wants you to be the head and not the tail above and not beneath the living not the borrow why because when you lead it you can give your Christian influence y'all don't hear me God wants you to be ruler over many things because that's how he rules in the earth you are supposed to be salt you're supposed to be everywhere you're not just here for the church this the locker room this ain't the game you here to get a pep talk and get off your blessed assurance and go make a difference where you are 
He wants to elevate you because he wants you to be the head and not the tail so you can have his kingdom principles because he rules through the kingdom. That's why when you seek ye first the kingdom of God, he'll elevate you because he can trust you. See, see, some of y'all think that, see, God, see, it's better to be either with the devil or God. Choose one. Because you ain't going to get nothing from neither one of them stuck in the middle. I ain't trying to tell you to go to hell, but I'm just saying. If I don't know what team you want, I ain't blessing you. Right? Right? So, so, so if you're going to be with God, be with God so he can bless you. But see, the reason why some of us Christians aren't elevated is because God knows we ain't ready to not set our soul if something comes at us. Now, if your boss have you working overtime, that ain't the devil. That's your responsibility because something needs to be done. The devil is a lie. Talking about coming in on Saturday. I ain't got nothing to do with the devil. That's your responsibility. <laughs> and the devil, oh, he ain't got nothing to do with the devil. Now, if he asks you to do something immoral and unethical, yes. <laughs> Some of y'all throw the devil in everything. I believe the devil in hell crying. It wasn't even me that time. She keep on blaming me, God. He ain't got nothing to do with the devil. It's your job. But what I'm saying is God elevates you when he knows he can trust you. When you favor over a few things, he said, I'll make you rule over many things. You, you, you favor over a small thing. See, some of y'all say, I'll be favored if I get promoted. But if you ain't faithful now, that's your clue. You ain't going to be faithful when you get promoted. Huh? So, so, so anyway, let me, let me get to one point. Let me get to my point. The thing about it is every good and perfect gift comes from God. Right? Not saying that you can't get a gift from the devil. It just got strings attached. See, when I get a gift from God, I'm free. But if I get a gift from Satan, I got strings on me. I'm Pinocchio and all y'all. I'm not, I got a blessing, but the blessing that I got from the devil is leading me straight to hell. I'm the, he's puppet master in me. And some of you all get positioned and get so sold out for the world and not God. And anytime you think somebody put you somewhere, people were texting me and telling me that, oh, so-and-so, he, he did this and he said this. Why can't you say this and say that? Because I told him, I'm not Pinocchio. I'm a real man now. Come on, somebody. I make decisions based on what God tell me. Oh, there are no strings on me. Stop letting people think they put you somewhere. God put it in their heart to put you there. But they thought a string. I warned people before they told me to take a position. I said, now look at here now. I know I smile and I'm nice. Don't let the big T fool you now, I'm telling you. If God tell me to do something that's contrary to you, I told him this four or five years ago, eight, actually nine years ago when they first were trying to get me to do it. I said, you can't tell me what to do because if it goes contrary to God, that's what I'm going to do. Because I don't even care about my own thoughts. I definitely can't worry about yours. And you got to understand that God elevates you when he can trust you to instill his kingdom principles in the world. Whoo! Stop letting people put strings on you. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. He said, I wish above all things that you be prosperous and in good health. 
God wish that. God will give you favor even with folk that don't like you to make sure he gets you where he needs to get you. God put you there. He might have used that person, but it was him. Your Lord had better be the God and not the person you thought did it. It was God that moved on them to put you there. Look at here. I preached this, uh, not this, but this text right here. So I got to give you this text. I preached this text right here probably a couple of years ago when we were talking about faith. And I, I got to tell you, how does a person receive this hope that I'm talking about? 1 John 5, 4 and 5 says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And the world is the world's systems. It's, it's not really the earth because the earth belongs to the, to the Lord and the fullness thereof. See, earth is, is earth, but, but the world comes from us. See, in the Greek, they got way more words than we have in our English vernacular, all right? Greek has so many different words for, for so many different things. So in, in this text, world means the systems or the governments or the world, uh, you know, the, way, the hierarchies of stuff. So for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. His name is above every name. See, see, if you got enough sense to use my name when you're trying to get a job in Newport News because people may know who I am, I understand that, but you better go in the name of Jesus and not mine. You can say my name because you can't say Jesus said I'm going to have this job to some worldly person, but understand that God is the one that gives you favor. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. See, you keep worrying about the world, but Jesus overcame the world for you. And because he already won for you, if you go in his name, God is obligated to protect you. I know you got cancer, but Jesus has authority over cancer. Say his name. Racism, I know it's rampant in the United States, but if you could just say Jesus, he'll elevate you and help you overcome racism. Oh, you don't hear what I'm saying. I know police brutality is bad, but if you could just cover your son, cover your daughter, cover your black children, your white children, whatever your children colors are, cover them in the name of Jesus with the blood and watch how he... We already covered our children. We already created and declared... No child at Newbies Grove will be murdered. None. We've been going strong for 10 years. None. It's covered by the blood of Jesus. We decree and declare it. And we said boldly that they will not have their life taken early by some gang activity and some foolishness. We cover them with the blood of Jesus. And we decree and declare it and we're in agreement with it. We cover them in the name of Jesus. You got to walk in boldness and be able to sometimes approach his throne boldly and it say the kingdom of God suffers violent and violent take about four. Every now and then you got to approach God's throne and say, God, I know you my sovereign Lord. I understand it, but I got to cover my kids right now. I got to cover my church and you said that you shunned Cover my children. If I'm seeking ye first the kingdom of God, you said I can have all these things. What I love about God is this, 
He said, if you who are evil and you and your son or daughter ask you for bread, even though you evil, you wouldn't give him a snake. So how much more will your father give you of the Holy Spirit if you ask him for it? Come on, somebody. Ask God to give you some power. Ask God to give you some authority. Ask God to give you some anointing. Ask God to prosper you to take care of your family. Ask God for an abundance so you can bless somebody. And I bet you he'll give it to you in a good measure. Press down, shaking together and running over. I bet you he'll give it to you. Ooh, Ooh. Why? Senseless. Do you know you immortal? You do know that, right? You do know even though you 70 and even though somebody may be 40, y'all the same age, maybe not chronologically because you were already in heaven before the foundation of the world. Jesus and God already knew you. Before you was in your mother's womb, he already knew you. He had already consecrated you the same way he told Jeremiah. The reason why the devil knows your weaknesses and strength is because he was right there when you was made. Y'all missing it. See, see, you deal with chronological linear time and space. You deal with January and February and March and, and April. And you deal with 1955 and 75 and 2000 and 2012. And, and everything is in a straight line for you. But God is in a linear God bound to linear time and space. God is interstellar. He was there before time ever was. He was in the midst. You better watch out. He has no beginning and no end. He's interstellar. He has circular time. He sees the past, the present, and the future all at the same time. He sees you being born. He sees you dying. He sees you right here, right now. He sees everything. So he's all-knowing and he knows everything. And he puts the puzzle together because he already knows where the pieces go. I know you lost that job, but he needed to move you over here. I know you messed up over here because he needed you to go over here. I know you slipped up and fell over here, but God knew where he needed you to go because he's interstellar and he knows where he trying to get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You messed up, but I'm going to let you hit a wall over here. I'm going to get you unemployment so I can get you back into your destiny where you're supposed to be. All things happen for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. You, you, you lied on me, but it was for my good. You, you fired me, but, but it was for my it was for my good. You, you backstabbed me, but it was, it was for my good. I, I didn't get the promotion, but it was, it was for my good. I, I got sick, but, but it, was, it was for my good. I, I failed at this task, but, but it was for my good. You got to understand, if you seek ye first the kingdom of God, even when you look like you failing, God is in control. Oh, I want to talk to somebody right now who feel like they failing. God is orchestrating, ordering your steps in his word. Woo! Oh, I know you smarter than a bird right now. I know you smarter than a bird. God going to get it in your mind that you're more important than the lilies in the field. God to protect grass. I, I believe I got mad at my lawn people just to see this word. They, they went over my grass and the grass look exactly the same. If God can protect the grass from the lawnmower, he can protect me from my haters. Y'all, y'all don't hear me. Oh, God. God take care of the grass and the litters of the field and you worried about a job. 
You're worried about haters. You're worried about school. He said the grass will be thrown in the oven tomorrow and it don't care. The lilies fresher than Solomon. All the money Solomon got, the lilies dressed up like what? Come on, somebody. You, you, you get some nice lilies and, and the right words. You can find the woman you want. Come on, somebody. The lilies ain't got no money. But you worry. The tree growing. You ain't even watered it. That's why I don't understand houseplants. I be like, if you can't grow by yourself, God don't want you here. Your brother outside, he doing good. What's... <laughs> I said, he ain't water you and talk to you. What did he talk to you about? You a plant. You got to talk to it. Whatever. He going to be a dead plant in here. Right. <laughs> I ain't talked to not one tree outside, but they all right. the good life. God will give you the good life when you seek him. <clears throat> look at this, 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 look at Ephesians chapter 2 verses 12 and 19. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 12 and 19. I'm reading in the NIV. It says this, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God, with God's people and also members of his household. See, see, they were, with, they were without Christ. They were unwilling to accept Christ as the Messiah, the anointed one of God, whom God sent into this world to save the world. They are aliens from God's people. This is worldly folk. They are not aware that God has a family of genuine believers on earth, a body of people who truly trust him. They are strangers to the promises of God. They know little, if anything, about the promises of God and his care. They have no hope beyond this earth. They really know very little about the world beyond this life. Therefore, they cling to the earth. They cling to their possession. That's their identity. That's why people get so mad at me when I don't go with the way an organization thinks. I like the NAACP. It done a lot for us. But I can't go with a worldly decision. You feel me? I can't be so rooted. This is what got me. People told me, you got to say this because you are the president of the NAACP and your voice means something. My voice means something if I ain't got the NAACP. My voice means something because I'm a preacher of the gospel. My voice means something because I'm a child of God. It's not an organization that gives me a platform. God makes me a platform all by himself. But because they so cling to the world, this is their identity. Be careful of people who's so caught up with the world, they'll do anything to cling to it. 
I, I want to be blessed here, but I'd really rather be blessed more in heaven. So when something starts contradicting what God wants me to do and the elevation, you can keep the elevation to yourself. Why? Man does not live by bread alone, so I don't need your bread, baby. God got a whole loaf over here for me. If I leave that one slice of bread that you got for me, my God will give me a good measure piece of bread. Press down, shaking together and running over. Oh, I'm glad I've been working out because I'm going to keep on going. I'm ready to go. Seek God further his righteousness. See, when you're not a child of God, you don't have any assurance that you will be all right. See, even when I look like I'm failing, I don't worry about it. Even though we kept trying to get this building and it wasn't working, I knew we was going to win because I knew what God had already told me to do. And he already told me he's the alpha and the omega, right? He already told me he's the author and the finisher and just got to keep pressing and faint not. It didn't happen when we thought it should happen, but it happened right on time. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Ah, when you are a child of God, even when you look like you're failing, it's still a success because as long as you put in God first, he will bring it to pass. How crazy did Noah look building the ark? They had never seen rain before. He was building the ark for a long time. He was building the ark for years. This joker still out here. And y'all know, Mo, you know, Noah had a problem. He couldn't leave Hennessy and Jack and Coke alone. He, he, he couldn't leave it. He couldn't leave the wild turkey, nor the Michelob, or the Corona, or the Heineken. He couldn't, he couldn't put it down. But he still heard God. I know some of you got problems, and we all have sin. But when God gives you something in your inner voice, See, the world keeps looking for these material things for peace, but they ain't going to bring you peace. That's why people like Anthony Bourdain can, can, Bourdain can kill themselves even though they're millionaires. Because money and possession doesn't bring you peace. You can stack up money. You can stack it up and people still miss you. be like, girl, I wish you would have gave me that money. How in the world he ain't happy? All that money kill itself? Because that doesn't bring you inner peace. You are a spiritual being. Which means the first thing that you really want, your spirit wants to be satisfied is to be connected with God. That's why it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and it's right to it. I give you all this worldly stuff, but you're really a spiritual being. And if you stop seeking my hand you, and seek my faith, you can have everything in my hand anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I'm talking about, little baby. That's what I'm talking about. If you seek... Yep, see, you got here because your daddy saw your mama's face and not her hand. I hope, anyway. I hope. <laughs> you, you see what I'm saying? When you seek God first, he'll take care of everything else. He said, I'll give you everything if you seek me first. I'll give you your husband. Stop stalking that man. <laughs> I'll give you your wife. Stop stalking her Instagram. <laughs> I'll give it to you. Seek ye first. Don't worry. The Bible says, 
Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It's the word seek comes from the Greek word zetio, zetio, which means to seek, to go after, to strive, to pursue, to desire, to aim, to search for it, to endeavor, to get it. It means you're looking hard for it. You're not pursuing anything else harder than you're pursuing God. I told you how I'm going to become a millionaire because I'm seeking God first. When I left my real estate company behind and God told me to leave it behind, I left it. But I didn't quite obey the scripture of Philippians when it says do all things without complaining. I complained for a good nine years. <laughs> Maybe he would have gave it to me a year in if I would have just shut up. Because soon as I started complaining, he gave it to me. <laughs> but when you not, don't worry about the world, he'll give you the good measure of blessing. He'll give you the good and perfect gift. See, the perfect gift is the gift, like I said, without strings. But you will have strings attached to any blessing that you put before God. Can I tell you something? If you had to sin to get it, it's not a blessing. See, I ain't get that many hand claps. You, you, doing, you living right. Everybody didn't clap. <laughs> Let me get out of here. Let me get out of here. It doesn't matter how many times you fail, God got you. God made you a spiritual being. And if you ask, seek first the kingdom of God, and I say unto you, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receive it, and he that seeketh, find it. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. When you're in line with God, God will take care of you. Stop worrying about tomorrow. Live one day at a time. I'm not saying don't, don't plan some things for the future, but don't be so consumed that you forget God. I told you this before, but one God idea is better than a whole bunch of good ideas. And if you just stop in the morning and seek God first and pray before you make phone calls, pray before you do businesses. Let me sit down because God's talking to me on this one. I'm just, I, I know I'd be on the phone all the time. Hold on. <laughs> Mr. Sam, one more time. Hey, yeah, if you just pray before you get on your phone, pray before you start doing business, pray before you try to do any business deal, pray before you make any connection in the morning, and pray and just seek God, and he'll order your steps in his word, and he'll give you a good measure of blessing. All right. I'm talking to y'all again. I just, God was on your boy. All right. Yeah, Talk to myself. Anyway, let me get out of here now. Give y'all these five last points and close out of here. There are five attitudes about the future. Only one of them good. I'm going to say the good one for last, just in case y'all still ain't smart than the bird yet. Number one, there's a no-care worldly attitude. A person eats, drinks, and be merry, do whatever they want, take care of all the earthly pleasure. Yeah, I'm an Epicureanist. I'm just going to take care of all my pleasures. That's one type of life. Two, it's a fretful, anxious attitude. A person worries all the time. Oh, Lord, what's happening? Oh, Lord, the, the, the sun gone down. It's 11 o'clock. It's, it's nighttime. But, it, it's, you know, they worry. Three, fearful and panicky attitude. In the face of trial and failure, a person can barely function. Oh, no, tragedy has hit my job. Oh, no, they cutting back. What am I going to do? That's anxious. Mm -mm. Four, they have a self-assured attitude. Whatever I do is going to work. Whatever you do, I can do better. Anything I touch, turn to gold. I got it. Can't nobody stop me. I don't need God. I don't need this. I don't need it. 
But even if you are successful and God allows you to be successful, even in your pompous attitude, you still can't escape going to the new world without God. Where you going to end up? So even if you think that you done all this without God, you done gained the whole world, but you lost your soul. Number five, this is the right answer, my birds. <laughs> a, calm, a calm, God-centered, and trusting attitude. A person goes about living and working ever so diligently and calmly, trusting God to take care of all. Now, they do work, but they trust God to bring the fruit. He does all he can about the necessity of life. She does all she can, both for himself, herself, and for others, but seeks God and his righteousness. Hmm? You see that? Mm. Look at this. Repeat after me. So we start this at 8 o'clock. We're going to do this. Y'all repeat after me. Say, I'm not going to worry about a thing if the birds don't. Why? The birds don't. Why would I worry? Right? I'm not going to worry about a thing if the grass doesn't, get out of here. I'm not going to worry about a thing if the lilies don't. What? Don't that make sense? Why would I worry about it? Look at it. Look at it. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to start doing it myself because, yeah, yeah, you know, y'all pay me to do all this. But I'm, don't you hate me go to the concert? They be making you sing. So I'm making y'all preach. But I just want you to get this in yourself. And I go to the girl that sing. I paid you to hear you sing. I can't sing. That's why I ain't on stage. Anyway, say this. I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and sit back and watch all things be added unto me. Oh, y'all better watch out of here. I'm going to sit back and I'm going to seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto me. You know what I love about God? He didn't say some things. He didn't say most things. He said all these things. He didn't name the car, but he's talking about the car. He didn't name the wife, but he's talking about the wife. He didn't name the husband, but he's talking about the husband. He didn't name the job, but he's talking about the job. He didn't name the healing, but he's talking about the healing. All these things will be added unto you if you seek God first, hey, I'm going to give a tithe and a sacrificial offering and watch God pay my bills. I'm going to give him my tithe and pledge and watch him cover my kids. I'm going to give him my tithe and a gift and watch him bless my marriage. I'm going to give him a tithe and a service and watch him promote me. I'm going to give him a tithe and my time and watch him multiply my money. Watch him give me a good measure blessing. Press down, shaking together and running over. I'm going to give God hey, my service and watch him take me to the next level. I'm going to seek ye first the kingdom of God. Catch the vision of the pastor and watch God scatter my enemies. I'm going to give my time, my best offering, and watch him save my soul and the souls of my family. I'm going to seek ye first the kingdom of God and watch him shield me from racism. 
Watch him shield me from police brutality. Watch him shield me from hunger. Watch my enemies fall at my right side. Fall at my left side. When I seek God, I know he got me. It may look like I'm failing right now, but all things happen for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. Can I talk to somebody right now? I know it looked like you're failing. I know it looked like you're going to lose. But if you seek God first, he will make a way out of no way. He will bless you. I got to get this one. He will from one level to the next. How many people out there been seeking the world? But now you say, I'm going to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and he will add all things to me I know you get lonely at night but if you can just sleep like this you will get it when you go home seek ye first the kingdom of God he'll bring your spouse trying to talk to somebody you've been trying to get the business off the ground but you keep calling your business partner early in the morning can you call God first watch him bless you church folk even at church, sometimes we get so caught up in program. We get so caught up in order of service. We get so caught up in our strategic plan that we think prayer is an afterthought. Pray before you sing. In fact, pray before you pick the song you're going to sing on Thursday. Pray before you preach. Fact, pray before you prepare your sermon. Before you figure out what your sermon will be. Pray. Pray before you go to that business meeting. In fact, pray before you set up the business meeting. In fact, pray before you take somebody's car for a potential business meeting. Pray before you hand out your card. Even though it may bring you business. Pray first. You may not need to be connected to them. Seek ye first the kingdom. Anything that gets in the way of the kingdom. Your purpose, your call needs to be annihilated. Some of us are in peculiar positions though that God has put us because he wants us to bring a godly order to a worldly system. Can I tell y'all something? There was one time when the SCLC was really led by real preachers. There was a time when the NAACP was led by real preachers. And it had the evidence of God. But once we got where we thought we needed to go, we began to hand it over to worldly folk with worldly minds who think they can do something with their own strategic plan instead of prayer. It was prayer that made them people sit on the bus and not get up. It was prayer that let people go out and sit at segregated lunch counters and be able to take ridicule. It was prayer 
that caused people to march even though they could be shot by the National Guard. It was prayer. But we keep reducing these organizations down to a worldly field because we worried about position more than God's providence. And if you allow these organizations that have been so historically prominent in our community and you keep letting them be worldly, they ain't going to work. There has to be a godly order if you're going to change anything. There has to be kingdom. That's why your vision at your church is to build kingdom-minded people to serve the community that understand kingdom is first. Not my job. If I have to lose my job for the kingdom, so be it, because God shall supply all of my needs. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. For his rod and his staff shall comfort me. God is taking us to a new level. If you worry about God more than you worry about your job, God going to take care of you. Can I tell you why he blessed Abraham so much? He told Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. Isaac was his real blessing. Now, he didn't care about getting Ishmael out of the house. That wasn't the real one, no way. So we, we all got some Ishmaels, and some of us, some of us won't even let go of Ishmael. <laughs> you know, good and well, your baby daddy, your baby mama, Ishmael, but you still keep trying to keep them. Ain't no ring on it or nothing, but you keep trying to keep that Ishmael. If you can't let go of Ishmael, it's sure going to be hard to let go of Isaac. <laughs> but Abraham let go of Ishmael. But then God told him to take Isaac and sacrifice him. In essence, give away Isaac too. This is the promise God had given him. But because he was kingdom-minded, he took Isaac up to sacrifice him. But God stopped him. Why did God stop him? Because God knew that if he gave his blessing, his Isaac, his son, his seed, he in essence would be out giving God because he gave all he could give, period. And God said, no, nah, hold on, let me stop this. You about to out give me. I'm going to stop. This is just going to be a foreshadowing of what's going to happen when I send Jesus. Stop. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you a good measure of blessing because you was obedient to me. And you know what? Look at the saying. I'm going to bless you. Do you know sometimes we have missed our blessing because we don't understand what God's saying? God took him. Abraham, I don't want to talk about him too bad because he's our father. But he, he wasn't smart as a bird for a moment. God said, look at the stars. I'm going to bless you that much. He was like, huh? Then he said, Abraham, look at the saying. I'm going to bless you that much. You ain't going to be able to count your, 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 your seed because of all the grains of sand right there. Huh? <laughs> Look, just, roll the rug out and put the blood on. We're walking the blood. Oh, I get it. <laughs> he, he, had to, he had to put the white sheet out, put the blood on it. Then when God walked in the blood, then he said, oh, I get it now. You're going to bless me. Dude, you couldn't tell from the stars. You couldn't count. Sometimes the blessing God has for us is so big that we can't comprehend it. And Abraham couldn't comprehend it. He's like, I ain't got but one child. Like, they ain't even got the right child yet. 
And you telling me I'm going to have all this? I don't even have one yet. And you telling me it's going to be all this. Sometimes God doesn't reveal the blessing in full that he has for you because your mind sometimes can't comprehend it. That's why he said, if you're faithful over a few things, when it's small, I'll make you ruler over many things. Get it together now while it's small. Seek the kingdom now while it's small. So when it starts growing and you grow with it, the vision God has given you won't overwhelm you to the extent that you give up. Now, it's going to be overwhelming. But it don't want it to be so overwhelming that you stop moving. And when your vision becomes so big, other people will have to be drawn into it. One can set a thousand flight. Two can set ten thousand. I don't know what three can do, but it's more than ten. You feel me? I don't know what four can do, but it's more than ten. I don't know what five can do. They begin to bring all the people in your vision. Kingdom-minded people. Can I tell you something real quick before I sit down? God wants to give you a good measure of blessing, press down, shaking together, and running over. But you got to seek his face first. You got to seek his kingdom purpose first. And when you seek his kingdom purpose first, he'll give you everything that's in his hand. There's a blessing for you that God is holding right now. But he want to make sure you seek him first before the blessing. Seek him first before you seek the job. Seek him first before you seek that man. Seek him first before you seek that woman. Seek him first before you seek whatever it is you're seeking. Seek God stronger than you seek anything in your life. And watch him bless you. Amen. 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 I feel good. I feel like God is doing something. I got to tell you all something because I told it 8 o'clock and I got to tell 11 o'clock too and I'm, I'm finished and if you want to be saved you can come down now but, but don't, don't worry about the deacons if they, I'll get you up in a minute but if you want to get saved I'm not trying to hold you up you can put your flesh on and everything but I just got to tell the church this at first I was really disturbed because um, I was really wondering because I was like man we ain't got this we ain't got that and you know me I'm always big on don't worry about me worry about the church and I was like, man, you know, some of the money is gone because we did this anniversary of me. I know it was 10 years, and I was getting, I was kind of upset because I'm like, oh, man, we, we spent the money. Oh, man, I know it was on me, but I was struggling with it. I was struggling with it. I, but then God began to show me something. The partnership even more and the covenant relationship that the pastor has with the church. And this guy to learn this in your own relationships. I worry about the church more than I worry about myself. Right? And it was unhealthy for a while because the church wasn't worried about me. Ha. Huh. And so even though I was upset and I began to see, okay, I see why Trustee Spells did it. I see why Miss Sandra and Miss Rochelle did this. And I was, I was even talking to people like, man, I don't know. We, 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 we might be struggling. But what happens is this. When the pastor gives Everything he or she can give to the church. Come on, somebody. And the church gives back. It's a healthy relationship. And then you can do more. So when you connect with somebody in relationship, the only way you can be safe is if they give all to you. Their all. And you give your all to them. Watch this. Because you're covered 
Because as you cover them, they cover you. As I cover you, you cover me. Right? And so this is it. When you seek ye first the kingdom of God and you seek him hard, he ain't going to let you outgive him. He's going to send stuff back to you harder, more potent, more strong. You feel me? So when you seek him first and give him everything you have, even though you can't give God as much as he can give you, but if you give your all to him, he'll give it back to you, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. Why? Because he knows you're giving your all and you're covering his kingdom. You're covering the territory he wants you to take care of. And so now that he can trust you to give your all to him, he can give his all and more back to you. So when you begin to trust God and seek him first, ooh, the abundant blessings you're going to walk in. Ooh, the abundance that you're about to walk in. Church folk, when you really begin to give God everything you have, your finances, your relationship, your emotions, your time, your gifts, when you give it all to God, He's going to give it back to you, pressed down, shaking together, and running over.